Good day, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cybersecurity Chronicles. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about a topic we've been talking a lot about lately, cyber liability insurance. And uh, there's been a lot of changes in the insurance industry, uh, advancements in cybersecurity, and the two of them seem to be colliding a little bit more. Today, we're joined in our conversation with a familiar voice to many of you, Stanley Lee, CEO and founder of NetSwitch Technology Management, and Michael McCarran, CEO and founder of Lakeside Insurance. Michael and his team sort of take the approach of risk advisory, uh, like wealth management fiduciaries do, uh, that their interest is really in trying to find the best way for their clients uh, to mitigate the risk. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Stanley. Stanley. I'm glad you're on here today, Stanley. <laughs> so you may have noticed in the introductions that Stanley and Michael are founders and of organizations that are over 20 years old now, and that's an accomplishment in the small business space. Um, you both deal with risk and how customers can mitigate that risk. Uh, one of you is somewhat more active. Uh, and the other is somewhat passive in the the transfer of that risk is to someone else. However, there's a lot of things going on in the insurance space right now that are reversing that trend, that they're not taking the risk on entirely. They're pushing a lot of that back on the customers now. Is that, that right, Michael? Absolutely. And there's just a paradigm shift of the unknowns in the insurance world, what the size and amounts of payouts might be, and you know, an overall fiscal risk to the insurance company's balance sheets, just like it is to you know an entrepreneur's balance sheet. Right. So when when we were doing uh, some of these projects about four years ago, Stanley. And we were offering cyber insurance to our customers when they engaged with us for our managed services subscription. They got a free free insurance policy. We covered it. Quarter million dollars. There you go. Uh, and now we're starting to see the insurance companies uh, offering some cybersecurity uh, basics uh, if you get their insurance. That sort of changed. There's been some big lawsuits recently that are really starting to have the insurance companies push back to the businesses, the covered entities, so to speak, uh, that they do certain activities. How do you advise your clients to go about understanding what cyber risks they have, Michael? Well, first it's, you need to assess the strength of your cybersecurity. You know, whether you're using internal people, you know, uh, getting external, you know, MSP, IT folks, there, there's different tools that the insurance company themselves will drive for free to do, uh, you know, an audit of your current systems and then give you an easy stoplight uh, coding of green, you're good, yellow, hey, we potentially have some problems in red. Wow, we have some gaping holes in our you know, defense of our networks, defense of where someone may be able to breach into our, our computer systems. Stanley, when we've looked at some of those things, um, how much information is the business going to get from the insurance company offering that kind of evaluation? 
yeah, it, <laughs> this is a question, <laughs> of course, that we go back to Michael for. But <clears throat> to evaluate from the technical perspective, of course, you know, that's what we do in the technical approach. Um, and I, I would like to go back into one step is quoting, okay, now the risk management factor. Now everybody's shifting towards from technical, you know, to risk management and cybersecurity becomes cyber resilience. And what does it really mean? I think that's the most important thing to our audience and the founders, right? That's why this topic is founded to founders. And from my perspective as a founder, you know, we don't know what we're going to be dealing with tomorrow, but what we need to know is what we don't know today. That's where we start and going back into Michael's point about assessment and not just assessing all this technology solution to identify the potential technical control risk, but at the same time, how do we evaluate the weakest link in the cyber resilience, which is human factors? And that's into the point that goes back into risk management. Well, how do you evaluate your vendors, your workforce, your staff? And ties it back a little bit in what you just said, uh, Sean, about four years ago when we engaged with managed service, you know, we we were able to bundle it with cyber insurance. And last year is 180 degree turnaround. And that's why we're having this conversation because the cyber insurance industry has changed completely. And now in reverse, if you're able to get the cyber insurance, you're getting the security assessment training for free, you know, from Michael's organization. So this is a 180 degree change within one year. And that caught our client off guard the people that who've been utilizing our services and able to get the insurance for free. And now it's 180 turn, degree turnaround. Okay, now these are the risks, like I said, that we don't know what's coming, you know, to what is gonna change in the future. However, what we have known throughout my career in the 30 years in IT is we always need to plan one step ahead of time anticipating these changes, anticipating this type of risk. But how do we anticipating when we don't have a budget? I think that's most of the people would have been telling me, it's like, well, I don't have the budget. What do I need to plan? Well, this is where that where a lot of uh, uh, free information, guidance, tools that we've been deploying for years and decades now, open source tools that can help businesses to evaluate their risk. Now, of course, it's not holistic. It's probably, you know, at best, probably about 30% to satisfy in terms of the whole cyber resilience perspective and risk management. And why I can give you the percentages because that's what we've been measuring in some of our clients. When we engage, we do a, you know, baseline assessment to find out wow, there is a big gap from what the owner's perspective, they thinking, well, I know that my IT team, my guys and, you know, my team are not guys and girls and not doing, you know, 100% because we lack of budget, we lack of resource. So they think it's about 70%, 80%. But in fact, after a more scientific approach to measure it, it only come to about 20%, 30%. So now, how do you fill that gap? And how do you go back into the cyber insurance? Now they have to satisfy the cyber insurance requirement 
in order to start applying, not even guarantee or not even even you have the money, not guarantee you're going to be getting a policy. Is that correct, Michael? Hey, absolutely, Stanley. And I think, you know, looking at this historically, the, the first thing was just awareness. You know, how much awareness did an individual business owner have about the threats to their organization from cyber, you know, risks, cyber liability? I, I think we finally got over that hurdle. You know, you probably have to be living under a rock um, to not understand there's a cyber threat, you know, somewhere um, for you personally or for your business. So that was kind of step one. Now it's, okay, what do I do now? I, I, I have an awareness. I'm concerned, you know, in the first step, you know, goes back to what, more what you guys do. Hey, what am I currently doing? You know, how do I assess what I'm currently doing to protect my business, protect my network, protect my systems? You know, then once we have, you know, that roughly defined, and again, you're right, Staley, the tools we're talking about, they're simplistic. You know, maybe we're only covering, you know, very broad based issues. You have to have an expert team that you're working with in your specific industry sector, you know, that understands the vulnerabilities of your business. and that the next awareness would be, hey, now that we've addressed issues, now that we've tightened up our systems, made ourselves more cyber resilient, you know, what is our defined cyber risk strategy? You know, is this documented? Is it communicated to all the executive leadership? Right. And then then the final step is, OK, well, the executive leaders understand this. How are we driving this down to training to our staff? The, the staff member who's traveling and is popping up a laptop in a, on a Starbucks on an open <laughs> network, right? You know, or on their work from home, you know, that they're, you know, somebody in their house, you know, set up the Wi-Fi, yep. who knows? And maybe it's secured, maybe it's not. So, you know, Pick driving free it, USB you know, key from the conferences. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Stanley. And, and, and so it's that community. We have to have a strategy. We have to be doing a good job at the, you know, the, the drawbridge, closing the drawbridge to protect our businesses. And then then it's communication and having, you know, that holistic piece. And then, yeah, you know, layering on your defenses includes the insurance piece. And before insurance was readily available, high limits, very cheap. But the frequency and the severity of the claims that are coming in the insurance companies, i.e. losses that businesses are sustaining, whether they're you know uncovered, they're paying out of pocket or covered the insurance company, there's a whole different paradigm, you know, from four years to three years to two years to last year. And now it feels like the cycle um, is almost every 60 to 90 days. There's just more threats. And if you're a business owner, you can quantify your tangible, your building, the auto. If you lost any of those pieces, you can put an exact dollar number on this. There is no dollar figure on what the depth and breadth of a cyber loss is to your organization and what you owe as a duty if a hacker got into your system and then jumps to somebody else's, um, a client, a vendor. You know, those numbers get very, very big. And, you know, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, the, these are escalating quickly. I think from a practical standpoint, as, a, you know, as a small business owner, it's all right, you know, how much can I quantify my risk to this? And who are the experts that I can talk to to say, what is truly my exposure? 
is it a half million? Is it a million? You know, is it 10 million? And I think that's one of the key questions that owners are struggling with. Again, we've gotten awareness. We've got more cyber resilience. We've, we're hopefully communicating this to the exec team and the staff. And now it, it truly is. All right. Quantify my risk and keep probing resilience in different parts of my organization and different parts of my business. That's, yeah, and, that's and, a lot of the questions. How do you how do you put a value on an intangible asset of company data, whether it's your customer data that's you know consumer data that's now protected under data privacy laws at risk. You've got regulators are going to be uh, imposing fines if there are violations. Uh, you have operational loss that needs to be covered, yeah. and the recovery cost of cleanup. The the immediate stopping of an incident, the cleanup of the incident, and then the restoration of the network and the, the protective measures are going to have to go in. The insurance business and small businesses have understood for years physical loss and how you mitigate the potential loss by putting in fire suppression systems, fire notification systems, uh, improved driving programs for your drivers. Uh, and wellness programs for your benefits packages, stop smoking cessation, you know, uh, programs for your employees to quit smoking to lower your benefits packages. But now it's how do we go about as a business owner? I understand all these things, but now what do I do for cyber? How do I mitigate that risk? How do I lower my premiums? What do I have to demonstrate to the insurance carrier? I'm doing the right things. I'm trying to be healthy. Well, I think that um, what I learned from Michael's organization recently is now that all those insurance company has putting out all these requirements before you even apply to the policies. And I have looked at at least five or six of them to look at their requirements. You know, I would say 80% of there are very similar. But then the factor is to mitigate the risk is time. Because not every insurance company will give you the time to implement the minimum requirement in order for them to write the policy. So it, if you don't, if you are not prepared as a company, as an organization, or you have not done any assessment, you don't know where the status, the status is at in the whole IT and governance uh, situation. This is the area that it needs to get done right away, and so to prepare for the applications. Otherwise, you know, I know working with Michael's team that some of the company don't even want to consider that application. <laughs> It, absolutely. And there, there's a couple pieces in there. Sean, I, I would piggyback on what you said. There is, you know, there's the business income loss. How long could, if your systems are locked up, what uh, monetary loss, revenue loss, you know, deliverable timeline loss, employee productivity loss do you have in what is your business's true, um, true, review of what business income could potentially be at risk and over what period of time. Right. You know, then there's, you know, if you're not doing the proper notifications, if you're not doing the proper regulatory pieces, and there's lots of different regulators involved in this, the states, the attorney generals, you know, getting up to the federal government, you know, there's lots of different bars. As a director or officer, uh, 
owner of a company, you know, do you have DNO coverage, directors and officers right. coverage, if for a triggered by a cyber event for your organization in case you missed a stepping stone and they're cutting through, regulators cutting through to you for fines, fees individually. Yep. You know, that that's not coming up in a lot of our surveys of quantifying the risk with our business owners, and that's an education moment. Um, Stanley, the there, there are so many different layers to the onion. It's it, without professional guidance, it's in, it's not impossible to be fully in compliance at the time of a breach, but it's improbable. And just like it's almost impossible to protect against everything, right. no matter how good and resilient your organization is, because the human factor, which you referred to, it is that end user hitting on the link, which infects your system for a shorter period of time, a longer period of time before it's tracked. Who knows? And then the, the final piece with the insurance companies, you know, as a business owner, you if you're looking at these applications, the insurance companies are putting at you, your insurance counselors putting in front of you. They're so tech based. Most uh, every business owner I know can't answer the questions because they don't know. So even a CTO level people in organizations are having a difficult time because there's so many moving parts and pieces. Yep. There's so many pieces of software potentially that you've bolted on to your system or you're going out to the cloud to use and manage. And maybe there's different contracts and duties and responsibilities with the, that a salesperson or someone other than the CTO potentially assigning. It's very difficult to get your arms around all the rest. So you've got to bring in teams of people, whether those are third party vendors that can help you assess or whether it's getting your internal team to have a holistic review of where you're at. And then answering all these questions is, you know, correctly as possible because the insurance companies are, are pushing back. If you said you had MFA on everything and there is a breach, you know, that comes in through not having MFA somewhere, they're looking to deny claims. And this is a new paradigm that I haven't seen in the business in my 22 plus years where the insurance companies are pushing back so heavily on something that is so technical. Again, most business owners don't know. So if, if as a business owners, one thing that I'd be so concerned about is who's filling out the application for the cyber liability insurance and making sure that they understand everything that's going on and using your MSP, your IT vendor to help you complete that correctly in that the questions are changing, you know, every 60 to 90 days. And if you were in compliance with your business last year, yep. you might not be this year and you have to layer on more security. So get on front of this, start looking 90, 120 days before you're starting to procure, you know, coverage or apply for coverage. So you have time to implement the new requirements with your, you know, with your vendors. That's right. Because I think you're, changing the you're making declarations with those answering those questions. You're making declarations. We do this. And they're relying upon your declaration that we do this to extend the coverage. And when that something happens, they're going to come back to verify, were you actually doing it? Or did you just say you were doing it? Yeah. So that was why that, you know, we, we start talking about the changing the narrative and we have talked about this in a previous podcast, you know, what kind of narrative are we discussing about? And why go back into the beginning of this podcast to talk about risk management, why all of a you know, sudden shifting 
from the technical aspect of an organization into a risk management. And, you know, we've been referring the last line of defense is cyber insurance. Why is that critical from strategic point of view? Changing the narrative, measure and monitoring the process or progress, and to able to leverage the last line of defense just to in making sure that your company will continue to operate. Right. Right. So I think that one of the elements that we would always like to have our audience to know is what kind of free resources that they can start this type <laughs> of conversation. And that's where, of course, you know, I did my homework looking at NIST's Computer Security Resource Centers <laughs> and going into a actually try to break it down and they have it as prepare, categorize, select, implement, assess, authorize, and monitor. And of course, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, I couldn't even understand all of it, right? It takes up a team of people going back into the confusing and complex subjects on cyber resilience. So I broke it down into simply saying, protect company security in an active management. And that ties it into, Michael, what you do in the wealth management, into the financial world of active management. So as an active management in the financial field, that we have to look at it as a portfolio of your investment, which is same thing as a business organization, whether we're talking about technical governance or human beings or human resources, right? So all of this is a basket of portfolio that we have to actively manage but then go back into where do we start which is you know the questions have been asking me around the world is where do I start we know this is a problem we know this is you know an issue that we need to change the narrative from the top down all the way to the bottom and we need to measure and monitoring and constantly and going back, Michael, what you said about the time frame, usually is annual now is going to, you know, maybe a quarterly basis or even 60 days every two months. So all of these, it has to be in a progressive way, in a controlled, progressive way to making sure it aligns with your budget. Everybody understand, you know, without the budget, we couldn't do anything. However, looking into the NIST's recommendation in the risk assessment framework and look at it as an active management, just like your financial portfolio. And approach it in that direction might be easier for company to start the process and putting what we keep saying a pin drop at where you at, you know, freeze the time for a week or two and look at it from that perspective. And of course, in going back into the cyber insurance as the last line of defense, that those company, the applications requirements can be used as a milestone for the, you know, IT department or the vendors to evaluate where we are at in terms of the organization's technical uh, point of view, and then to align that with the company objective to measure the risk. And that's where I would call Michael, right? Michael, help me (laughs) to fill in those applications and look at where we can 
based on the guideline defined by the insurance company and see how we can change the narrative from there. Certainly. And Stanley, I, I think that's very well said. And it's as a business owner, there is nothing that concerns me personally more about my organization. Uh, there's nothing that I'm more concerned for my fellow business owner clients or not than this resilience. And you have to prioritize this in your budgeting as much as any other piece that you're looking at when you're assessing risk. You want to de-risk your business. You want to create longevity, protect your revenue streams, you know, now and into the future, making yourself cyber resilient, having a plan and moving forward with, you know, allocating the correct amount of dollars to be protected. That's some of the smartest money that you can put out there. Um, it, it's so clear to me through my time in this business, you know, this isn't, hey, I'm worried about, you know, the lightning strike in my building. That's low, 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 low probability stuff. Mm -hmm. This is very high probability stuff. Be concerned and be proactive now. Right on. And, and on that note, um, to cap up, it is known the unknown, what we keep saying. And then, like you said, you're right on, which is prioritization. How do you prioritize? But you got to know where what you're dealing with before you can prioritize. So on this note, thank you very much, Michael. And it's a pleasure having this conversation. I hope we hope that you know our audience, the founders, would take some of the notes from us and start changing the narrative and go from there. Sean, thank, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Stanley, uh, for this opportunity and great, great. Well, let's 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 Sean to tell. The folks, how can they find you, Michael? Everybody can find more about Michael by checking out the show notes and uh, visiting his LinkedIn profile. Michael, thank you very much for joining us today. Stanley, thanks for jumping on today. I appreciate it. And to all of you, thank you for listening to another episode of Cybersecurity Chronicles. Join us next time for another riveting episode. Want to know more about NetSwitch? You can check us out at netswitch, N-E-T-S-W-I-T-C-H dot net. Thank you, everyone.